Hey friends, this is Holly Goodman, and you're listening to Isaac's Autism Wild podcast, where we focus on topics related to raising loved ones touched by autism and its impact on relationships and family. I'll be sharing some of my personal parenting experiences, raising my son Isaac, who passed away in 2007, as well as an entirely different parenting experience as I now raise my son Caleb, who never ceases to blow my mind with his beautiful autism perspectives. So grab a drink and join me as I interview this week's group of exceptional autism parents. Welcome back to Isaac's Autism in the Wild podcast. Last time we had just introduced our guests for our 100th episode and ran out of time. So if you haven't listened to part one, head back and listen to that and then jump back in here as we continue our conversation. So David, since you've been on the podcast the longest um, and you've you've participated more, what was your favorite podcast recording? I can just tell you about the memories, which is, I mean... The first time I sat with John Goodman, not knowing he was about to become your husband and telling the story of Cooper peeing, you know, at the Pirates of Caribbean publicly. And it was just like, oh, thank God I found my people, you know, because, um, wow, we haven't had that kind of display. We've had all these other kind of displays. Um, and so in just I, what, what I can what I will tell the ones that are reluctant, because you had mentioned some of the reluctant some of the most profound, deep, heartfelt shares have been the ones of the people that didn't think they sounded good on the microphone, didn't feel like sounded, you know, uh, articulate that kind of, those are the ones that just get me. Um, the ones that were, you know, because, you know, I, I speak a lot, I'm comfortable speaking and that's great, but sometimes, you know, I ask my wife, I speak too much, the, <laughs> but it's like, you know, you don't have to be a volume speaker, a quantity speaker, but I have found when those people do have something to offer, the quality and the content, it just, it blows my socks off. Yeah. Yeah. And there are times where even when I'm going to, you know, like hit the record button, I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, like, I hope I have enough like preemptive questions to keep this ball going. And then they end up just all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, we got to wrap it up. It's been so, it's been a long podcast. So, and some of the ones that I'm the most insecure or uncertain of end up being ones that are like, wow, that was some amazing content. Cause you never know when you, you know, plan a topic and you invite people to be your guests, like what is going to end up coming from them. So I would definitely agree, David. Chevy, what's your favorite podcast? doesn't even have to be one that you participated in. If you, if you don't I have, have a lot of favorites, but I think personally my favorites have been your podcast with self-advocates yeah. um, because I'm hearing it from their lens. And like with my child, I don't know what goes on in her brain. I don't know how she thinks or how it works. I'm still trying to figure that out. Yeah. So hearing the experiences of self-advocates, especially when you've had females, because again, my daughter yeah. has less females that are diagnosed. Um, that's been really encouraging for me because I think you had the one I... I don't want to get her name wrong. It might've been like Sophie. Yeah, but Sophie. Yes. Yeah. Um, but just find out she has a job. Yes. She drives a car. Yes. She, you know, was at her best friend's wedding like yeah. that. And, but she was at similar stages as far as, you know, ages and milestones as my daughter. So for me, I think I cried most of that yeah. episode because to me, I'm like, this is me kind of, it's like foreshadowing. Like, I don't know if she'll be at that level, but to me it was encouraging because some days I just, don't know where she's going to land. And I want to know so badly. And so it's encouraging. It's very, very encouraging. Like if I could just have the crystal ball to tell me that everything is going to be okay. And that's, I think the hardest part of this journey is, is that, you know, um, you know, Isaac foundation has taken so many twists and turns over the years because all of your guys' kids become very personal to me. And so then when I know I can see, you know, you interact with enough people and you can see gaps 
um, trying to pivot and shift and trying to fill some of these gaps because you're, you know, we don't get the benefit of a crystal ball. And so we have to be as prepared and create as much as we can so that they can be as successful as possible. Because I think that is going to be hugely helpful to where, you know, where their best ends up being. So it, it will be interesting. Carly, you, you've just started, I mean, what, six months ago, maybe? Has it been six months since we've been yeah. chatting about the boys? Six or seven. Yeah. We did our evals in November oh, yeah, and got right. our official diagnosis in December. Yeah. So, and how many, out of curiosity, because you've listened to a few podcasts. I've listened to almost all oh, of them. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So as soon as you told me fan. about them, they're like the first thing that um, I do in the morning. I stick an AirPod in and turn on a podcast and... Um, it's been hugely helpful. And I don't know if it's partially because we don't have anyone else in our world touched by autism. Yeah, that was if it's me. because my kids are so young, we're not in school to meet other families or if it was because it was Corona. I mean, all those factors together. I felt very um, like just blindsided and didn't know, yeah. like, what does this mean? What's their future going to look like or what might it look like? Yeah. What have people experienced? How have people gotten through this? Um so I just started listening and I've I've gotten through almost all of them. I love them. I share them with my family. Um, my my mom. Hi, mom again. Uh, <laughs> I'll send her episodes all the time and be like, listen to this episode or go to like this minute mark and listen to this chunk. Like, doesn't that relate to this one of the boys yeah. like so much? Um, so I don't know if I have a favorite, but just in general for a new mom to autism, um, it's been such an incredible resource and to have all of these other parents sharing their experiences has been hugely helpful. When I got here tonight, because this is my first in-person, yes. Maria, who I, so I didn't know any, any of these people, yeah. Maria was like, you're going to meet your new best friends. And like, it, <laughs> you guys are all totally right. It is like a tribe and you just feel comfortable because you're talking to people who understand your day-to-day -day, day -day life. They understand your struggles. They understand that you don't sleep. They understand everything that goes on. But I feel like, Carly, and and I, we weren't Facebook friends. I had to be honest with you. I sent a lot of you guys Facebook friend requests because like, I, I feel like you guys are part of my families and I do become invested in your kids, but I'm not really creeping on you. But one of the things that you made a post about, I mean, I kind of am creeping on you, um, <laughs> but one of the things that you posted was that day where you posted about boys, you're just going to be inside and you're they're, they're going to play on their technology and you just gave no shits. And you know what I mean? Uh -huh. And I was just like, and I posted on there, this should be, this is going to be a podcast topic and we're still going to do that. But that was one of those moments where I was like, oh, like. Carly is starting to let go of things that, you know, the, what should be and all the, the conceived ideas of what you should be doing. And so I was so proud of you when you posted, I really was because at the end of the day, you just have to let a lot of that shit go. And that was your post where you were just putting it out there for the world of like, this is our best today. And I'm okay with that. And I was like, I wish you were in front of me so I could just hug you. Um, thank you. Was, I was really proud of you for that. I'm thank you. That's been honestly our biggest learning curve with our journey with the boys is all expectations of what life is like at home, what we do with them. The fact that I don't take them out in public because it's hard to take them to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. I can't just run to Walmart to pick something up. Like, so, oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. And I've been trying to be a lot more comfortable with it. Um, it's a process. Because other people go through it. And like, if, if people didn't share, I wouldn't have known that I wasn't the only one. Yeah. And that's been my experience is the few times I've posted a little more openly. Um, every time I've had a parent or a friend reach out and be like, I never knew this. Or, hey, can you get me in contact with that person? Yeah. Or um, I just shared about our first IEP experience. Yeah. And I had um, a gal that I'm friends with reach out to me and said, 
we're not in therapy, but I think my child needs to be in that preschool program. How do you go about that? And so um, I think that's been one of my biggest beliefs in our journey is that um, we need to be able to be comfortable sharing with others so that others know that they're not alone and know how to get help and how to do things. That is so true. That is so true. Well, I just want you to know I was very proud of you for that. And I'm sure I'm going to be like dazzled moving forward because every time you post about the kids and your walk and journey with autism, it's very profound. So it's like you, while you're new to this, you are going to be a great source of information and support for a lot of people in Spokane. I can just tell it right now. You're going to be a good, you're going to be, a, I attribute those, that to my dad. My dad's very good at that public speaking, sharing things. So yes, I attribute that to him. That is very true. He is a very charismatic, you can't help, but just fall in love with your father when you meet him. Cause he's just very charismatic and he relates to everyone mm-hmm. um, really well. So I think you're going to end up being one of my parents that I'm always like, Hey, so I've got a parent and I feel like you are going to be able to help them because you know, trying to get them connected to other people is really just very important. So Maria. Um, in all transparency, I honestly haven't even listened to oh, a podcast. Okay, actually. So it's not to say that they're not being played. They're not being heard. <laughs> um, I try to set aside time, but in our, our season's very, very busy. So I just don't have the ability right now to listen to them. So I would say. You just have to say all of the ones that I was featured on. Well, I was about to. I literally, I'm like, so my favorite ones are the ones where I've had to tell the hard stories, the ugly stories, the trauma stories. Which let's talk about your most recent one because we talked about the earlier ones. Yes. But I do want to make sure we talk about this one because I have to be honest with you because all of your children become my children. I get I get yeah. very perturbed at people that I don't feel yes. are, are treating our children correctly. Yeah. And so, so this one, the the most recent one has been the hardest one to survive through and let go. And um, we've learned a lot of things along the way of where our gaps are. This one was just, we haven't even got to that stage of processing yet because we just can't get over yeah. it. Um, my son was at his biological mom's house and he was with his brothers and brothers tend to watch him before. It's no big deal. Brothers are older, fully capable Um, except he was upset about something and he eloped from his mom's house. And we live out in the country in about four acres. Um, She lives in downtown Spokane. So lots of neighbors, lots of streets, lots of things. Um, And much like you were saying, mom doesn't really take them out anywhere because it's hard. It's really hard. Um, So he didn't have like a preferred path. Like you were talking with Kara, like, where do you guys go? Can we follow to that store? Cause we can't find him. So called 911. And first we got a little bit of attitude about, well, if he's missing, he hasn't been missing long enough. And then I had to explain how profound his autism was. And then. Where was our dispatcher friend Reagan taking your 911 call at the time? (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, my sons are um, children of color and they where mom lives isn't a certain part of neighborhood that's known for certain things. Um, it's a, and it's so a there spicy was neighborhood. Yes. It's a spicy neighborhood. Um, so when I pull up being a white woman, the cops look at me a certain way and just look at my children a different way. And had to get that process and he couldn't understand how the biological mom and our, like our family dynamic is very unique to our situation. Day, why does that even matter? You're looking it for a missing child. That yes. Has autism. Yes. So all the police were out, they were looking, we were looking, we went to all of his favorite 
fast food restaurants. And it had been like 20 minutes. And this is even the longest he's been missing that we've known about other than the overnight one. But this is by far. He slept at the hospital. <laughs> I know. I, right. Well, he didn't really sleep there, but he's, no. he had some time there. He had some graham crackers. It was perfect. Um, and then I was driving. And I'll never forget this. And then I saw a police. We were about a couple blocks away from mom's house and the lights were on. And I'm like, okay, I know that's him. I know that they found him. And no later than two minutes, I get a phone call and it says, this is officer so-and-so, excuse me, I don't remember names. Oh, that's it, okay. You it don't didn't matter to. at the time. We found your son. And then, then I start crying. Like I can hold it together while we're looking. I can be present. I can reason, like work through it. But when I know he's okay, that's yeah. when I kind of like lose it all. But we found him in the river. And that is when I just like, yeah. That was about when I lost it too, listening to the 911 call because it was an unresponsive child with autism that was in the Spokane River. So I was, that was why I was freaking out. Um, and that was again, because he says, oh, they're upgrading it to Charlie, which means that they're not doing CPR or anything. Cause like, that's a different like code, but still what was profound for me was immediately I'm going to, which kid could, that's probably one of my kids. Like what kid could it be? But okay. Spokane River. I I'm not going to lie. Josiah did pop into my mind, but I'm like, no, right. he's in Cheney. What? So that would be a long walk for him. Even for Josiah, that would be a long <laughs> walk for him. And so I was like, no, it can't be. So I'm thinking about other kiddos in my world. And that was the thing. It just about bugged me, which is why I was trying to convince John that he needed to take me there. Like I had some <laughs> form of, but one of the things that you told me after that was, is that you were really actually not happy with some of the, the, the comments that were made, which in turn was somewhat my poor training them. Yes. So when I was explaining so early in the process, when I was explaining to the police officer, like he may be combative and I'm very honest about it. They're like, Oh, then we're not going to touch him. We're just going to follow him. We're going to be completely hands off and we're just going to call you. And to me in that moment, I'm like, no, you get him in your car. Like I, I don't care what it takes. Yeah, you get him in the some car. Of my training is, is that they are better off just to follow them and let Which them in the moment I didn't totally consider. But, and the thing is, is that until it happens and you see how certain things roll out, how it's perceived. But I do believe that he could have worded it a lot differently. Well, there was an undertone to yes. the whole, I mean, given all of the circumstances he was presented yes. with without knowing our history. Yeah. I felt as if there might have been an undertone. Yes. And here's the thing, though, is, is that a lot of it is not what you say, it's how you say it. Yeah. And so that's the thing is, while he did what he was taught, he was taught to do, which is, you know, sometimes you're just better off to follow them, make sure that they're safe, not force them to get into a car, especially if you know that their things are going to escalate it. But it's it was the oh, my gosh, like, oh, well, then we're not going to put our hands on him. It was that type. And that of was tone. the delivery and that of was, the message. Yeah, and that was the tone of well, we're not going to put our hands on him because he has autism like it's, you know. Could you have worded it like, oh, well, our autism training dictates that it, because he's going to be combative, it is just best for us to keep our distance, make sure he's safe. We will call you to get you here because having you there to just, you know, help navigate this is going to create a better outcome. Had they said that versus the, well, we're not going to touch him. If he's combative and he has autism, like we're not going to put our hands on him. Like it was somehow, you know, you know what I mean? Again, it's all not what you say. It's how you say it. So, but we were lucky. Um, some passerbyers. And so he was under an overpass. So even if we were looking as we were driving, we wouldn't have been able to I see still him cross that bridge and look down there. I, I can't and to see, like, you know, like it's just like a little bit of trauma even for me mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's, you know, we, I had just crossed that bridge myself, not shortly before he was mm -hmm. found. So it was just ironic that I was in that area at the same time that this whole thing happened. And so luckily there's a hotel, like, 50, 50 feet, feet from, maybe yeah. 50 feet. Yeah. So, and 
he was drenched head to toe. Like his shoulders were wet. His shoes were dripping wet. And it was January, February. It was something because, yeah. Well, it was when the windstorm was. When did the windstorm happen? January. Yeah, and that's why he was at his mom's because we lost yeah. power mm-hmm. and she had power yes. and Wi Fi. Yes. <laughs> we so all know that's winter. important. It was January. Yeah. And so he was in the Spokane River, which is pretty well known for its undercurrent and it's not the safest river. Yeah. But luckily, the bystanders took him right to the hotel that's 50 feet away and they wrapped him up in blankets and they took really good care of him. And the other first responders were fantastic. Yeah. And it, it ended well, it was but a good it was the closest. Yeah. That was, that was awful. We don't even yeah. really talking about it, but Mm-mm. it's good education. Angela, favorite podcast or your favorite one you were on. That's fine, too. All right. Um, my favorite podcast that I've listened to, um, I think it was the self-care one oh. that you guys did early pandemic. Um, it was just, I and I listened to it like later, like not shortly after it was um, put out there. But quite a while, I probably listened to it maybe three, four months ago. And it just, it was perfect for what I needed then because I had put so much like into like my kids and my job and work was nutty this school year. I find that but, hard to believe with COVID and all the things. <laughs> oh, oh. I, it was like three different school years in one with how many platforms we used. Anyways, in that, it really took me back. It was like, okay, Angela, you need to take care of yourself because you're going to lose it and you're going to, you know, not be able to be there for the people you need to be there for. So that really hit home with me. And the, um, you did one with the executive functioning and that one, it was was really validating because that's what I, with the students I work with and with my own kids, like that's where I'm always like on that platform. Like they don't have this skill. Like when Josh is always crying, I was like, because he doesn't have the executive functioning to express when he's stressed out or anxious or overwhelmed. It comes out in crying. So maybe like ask, you know, you have to ask all these questions, not just, you can't just stop the crying. I was like, that doesn't do any good. I still am cringing over the fact that they have a problem with his crying. Like, right. Um, well, my, my admins, uh, they super, they support me and all of our IEPs cause they know how hard I work in the school. And I think that's the great thing about being in the same school as my son. And I'm like, look, I work my ass off for my students because they deserve it. So I need you to work your butt off for my kid because he deserves it too. Um, so th- those are the two that instantly were the top of my head. The one I loved being a part of, um, Actually, there was two. Um, probably my first one. I don't even know what the topic was. I think I just remember like being there and being part of it. And it was like the coolest thing because it was right when the shutdown happened. I was like, oh, I can talk to my people and I could help. And it was just all these like happy feelings. And um, the and another one that I really enjoyed being part of was we're talking about vacationing. Oh, yes. You had and a how lot to do of that. good strategies for oh, that. Oh, my God. I took I had notes. She did. I she had prepared a my. She was like I, on point guys it well because I have I have to do so much prep yeah. work or I had to in the very beginning of our trips with my son 
that I was like, oh, this is going to help so many people. Yeah. Well, then my family embarrassed me and they listened to it with me in the space and like in the room. And I was like, jerks, stop, stop laughing. <laughs> and uh, they were like, they're like, mom or my daughter was like, mom, you actually had some really good points. And I was like, I know, but stop listening to it around me. Go somewhere else. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to say there has been a time where I have wished that I could go back and do an addendum to that particular podcast because we went on a road trip to Arizona in our fifth wheel with six <laughs> kids. And um, I, I was prepared because we had done that podcast. The yeah. only thing that no one told me was, oh, no. <laughs> again, I thought I was being so smart because, yeah, maybe. I got cocky. Oh. I was like, I can do this. Like, I am practically a professional because uh -oh. I listen to a podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is where we went wrong, people. So we went down there. You know, we did all the things. You know, we had you know, schedules, even down to what we're going to eat each day so that, you know, oh, I'm shopping on this day so you can add stuff to the list. I mean, I had it down, right? Planned activities, all the things. Scheduled downtime. What no one prepared me for is because everybody was having such a good idea, Cooper was having a great time that on the way back, I thought to myself that I'm going to, we were to stay in the same camp because it took, we had to stop two times on the way back. So we left Arizona. We stayed um, in, I guess it was um, Salt Lake City. And I decided we're going to stay in the same campgrounds going back as when we went down because consistency, we just want to create that consistency. What, what I was unprepared for was the fact that he was having such a good time that when we got to that first campsite and he realized that we were heading back to Spokane, sweet Jesus. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, no. It was so bad. Two saving graces was um, one is that they, because of Cooper and his, um, you know, because he's profoundly affected, they just had automatically, and I don't specifically remember checking that we had a disabled person, but they put us in the disabled um, campsite, which is closest to the bathroom, very, you know, um, generous in terms of space and all the things. And so I have never in my life experienced a tantrum to this level now we call it cooper like hulk when he has a meltdown because it's just that's the only way that you could really unless you witnessed it and lived through it that is just the the shrill and the just you know the punching i mean himself not other people but it was like just hulk smash and we just watched the avengers last night and of course hulk is you know like doing his you know like the thing and i'm just like oh my god it does actually sound just like cooper um, anyway we all chuckled it's like yeah i mean like yeah, definitely Cooper. But anyway, just epic proportions. So bad that um, he started hitting his head on things within the camper and he had a bloody nose. And John decided, OK, we're going to have to restrain him because he was, you know, it's a camper, too. And so it's not really built to last. It's a camper. And so John restrained him and Cooper had scratched his arm. So John's got now claw marks all down his arm. Cooper's got a bloody nose. He punches himself in the forehead. He kicks himself in the sh shins. And, and it's a full campground this night. So I was like, OK. I will go stand outside, wait for the police to come. I will pull up his medical <laughs> records. You just, you know, because when they see Cooper and they see your arms, like this is not, because we're in Utah. I don't know what the training looks like in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never trained first responders in the state of Utah. So I was like, I'm just going to wait outside because they're definitely going to come. And I think because we were in the disabled parking spot and people had obviously seen him meandering around because, you know, it doesn't take long to figure out with all of his big stimming. Um, and the noises and stuff that like, obviously he, you know, was disabled, but 
by the grace of God, the police did not come that night. Um, but anyway, it was one of those things where I was just like, I feel like I need to make an addendum because the, the problem I think was once we went to that campsite, he realized we were heading back to Spokane um, and just all hell broke loose. And so it was dicey getting back. To, so if you notice, people, I did not post any more posts on the way back because I couldn't find anything to really be celebrating because it was just nothing but behaviors and just being angry. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. So on one hand, I was like, I was over cocky. <laughs> I was over cocky. You're welcome. I, I, don't, <laughs> um, I was like, oh, my God. I prepared you except not, for that one that was, key point. Well, and you know what? The thing about it was, it's like I didn't think to ask a question about that. So it's like dumb, dumb oh. Holly about. And I didn't even think about that because we we always make a loop. loop. I know. And, and when we go for a walk, we always try and do loops because he doesn't like walking back the same path. It never occurred to me because I was thinking consistency, being able to predict all the things and critical error people i made a critical but on the plus side campgrounds and campers are actually super like disabled friendly and uh because we go for a lot of walks too and josh will sometimes like super stem or we're with the dogs or whatever and they don't even bat an eye they're like they're in their own place they're in their own zones and they're like oh they just it doesn't phase them which is super cool because you go and you don't feel judged that is true now in all honesty i left and went on spring break in the month of april And that was just around the time that we released our autism stickers, like our awesome swag, autism sticker swag. In fact, actually, we should give we should do a giveaway for this particular podcast of some of those sticker packs. But anyway, I stuck those stickers on every like side of that camper so that no matter (laughs) where you were. I mean, by the windows, because I was like, if somebody's walking by and they're like, you know, like, what's the hell going on in the in the camper? I, there was like stickers near all the windows. So you're going to hook a sister up oh. with a few for my trip. Yes. So anyone okay. reach. I leave in three days. Okay, you leave in three days. Before you leave, we're giving you some stickers because I'm telling you what, people. I had those st- autism awareness stickers on every side and on the truck, all the places. So, you know, it was good because I was like, OK, when the police come, like, clearly I have the stickers and you can tell that they have been on my camper for a little while. So that was like. Like a critical error. I do have Josh like wear his um, was it the Captain America yes. sweater? Like anytime we're in a new place and I don't know what's going on, I was like, Josh, wear your Captain America puzzle piece yes, shirt. Right. He's like, okay, and I'm like, okay, so people know. Yeah, yeah. I believe one trick that I've discovered that I was surprised by is one of my friends had a autism mama shirt made for me. That has been extremely helpful, actually. Mm-hmm. Because they're like, oh, okay. Without even having to ask questions, they just know. Yes. And that surprisingly has been helpful. Okay. And I will tell you, when Cooper had his epic meltdown at Kelly's lacrosse game not too long ago, John happened to be wearing one of his autism shirts at the time. And I was like, oh, good. So when people are looking at us, it's going to be like, dude, we're wearing the shirt. What more do you want? <laughs> True. <laughs> You're yes. so right. The shirts are always like when you're having to wear it, when something bad happens, you're like, oh, good. Well, at least we're somewhat covered. You know what I mean? There's a little bit of an explanation. Right. On my <laughs> so, yeah. So now have you, Michelle, you are I'm, new to podcasting world. Yes. So you've been now this is your third. Yeah. yeah. Third. So have you listened to any other podcasts? I'm a failure. No, don't. No. Oh, God, don't. Well, you know we what? don't accept I, that here in this I world. Am, in my master's program and I'm at the end and, you know, single mom with two kids and, oh my God, this last year has been hell. 
You know, my daughter's been in the psych ward and self-harm and mental health. And yeah, COVID I feel like you have a lot going on. Yeah. So yeah. there's no so need. So I'm really to a failure no, at no. keeping up with the. No. And that's the thing is we're doing it wrong. If there's any feeling of like feeling no. like you're failing, but we're not no, doing it right. I love this. Yeah. And I really want to listen more. I felt like I also felt a little bit of um, weirdness, like because, you know, potential clients that I worked with were on and I didn't want to like make them uncomfortable. Okay. So, so you know yeah, what I'm saying? You're right. You know, yes. I, I worked in the field of ABA, which I had no idea. Yeah. I'm working on my BCBA. I'm going to take the test hopefully this fall. I'm almost done with school. And so I, Oh my God, people right? we have a potential. Think of the, all the things that we can, the mom role. I yeah. wanted to stay mom role here and be, cause there's so, you know, there's a lot of stories I can't share, but like, I really enjoy being around people yeah. with kids and, and they're very secluded group of people, you know, and I've been through different experiences, you know, that's an interesting comment because I do feel like we are kind of a secluded group of people, but yet I feel like we are also a very vocal group of people. Isn't yes. that an interesting like dichotomy in the sense as we should be yes, where we end up staying pretty like to ourselves because it's so hard to go and do all the things. It is. And yet, man, we have to really, it's hard for parents, you know, they feel secluded. Like, I, oh, my kid's going to have a behavior at the playground. I can't really go out because I'm afraid of something happening. So a lot of people just stay home and yeah. it's really hard and it's really hard on mental health. And so we, I've gone through that, you know, yeah. it's, it's hard. So, you know, here's one of my mom fails, which I always love putting my failures out there for people to, you know, like just delight and just feeling like, okay, whew, you know, things could always get worse. But um, so one of my kiddos overdosed on drugs, neurotypical child, teenager overdosed. And the other neurotypical teenager was with him at the time. And I was like, oh my God. And they were like, didn't call mom. Didn't. So they tried to write it out. And so the non-overdosing son was watching the one that was ODing. And I was like, why didn't you call 911? Why didn't you just take him mm -hmm. to the hospital? And the reason why was because you're Hollywood, the Isaac foundation, what would they think? Oh my gosh. And I was just like, oh, I don't give two hoots what anybody thinks. Like, I honestly don't. Like, obviously, my children need to listen to my podcast because clearly, you know, I put a lot of stuff out there because I don't care what people think because this is our life. Um, yes. And, you know, the good, the bad, or the ugly, it's this is our life. And so mine was like, you know, with bullying, my daughter gets so much anxiety and depression with bullying. You know, she tried with a bunch of um, melatonin, which apparently doesn't do anything to you, but we acted, yes. you know, went to the hospital and they made a big, like, this is bad. Don't ever do that yeah. again. And then she went to the psych ward, but like, you know, she's very linear almost with her like harming. She's like, I know it's not too, too bad, yeah. but I can get some extra, you know, attention. But, you know, I ended up in a med change and getting a little bit of a cooling off in the psych ward, which isn't great. No, you know, no. it's not what we want to go through no. and it happens a lot. Oh my goodness. And, one of and our autism stuff we don't talk about. Yeah, one of our autism dads, actually, that's another good potential podcast topic is that um, Harm, Shelley's husband, works in the mental health and he's actually at the hospital. And one of the saddest things he'll tell you is that during COVID, the number of kids that are in there yeah. um, because of mental health crisis and attempted suicide is just unbelievable, you know? And so, and again, you know, sharing and trying to keep. So that you're not alone. Again, you know, if you don't yeah. know, it's not something people put out there. Oh, and and on Tuesday, my son decided to try and commit suicide. You right. Know, don't you don't talk, talk about, about that, which then you we should again, 
you know, we really are stigmatizing mental health even. And um, so we got a lot of work that we can still do. Well, I'm going to, um, David, you already answered this question. So I'm going to skip over here to Anna. I'm going to ask Anna, since she refuses to be on my podcast, um, what was your favorite podcast to listen to while you're editing? I actually was thinking about this because I knew you were going to put the <laughs> microphone in front of me because I hate it. But uh, I was thinking my favorite to edit was the picky eaters and which foods work for your entire family. Because we went into it with such high hopes and we're like, okay, because you had your thing. You're like, my deconstructed nachos, like everybody eats it. I'm going to share it and everybody's going to love it. Every single thing that we brought up, there was one person on our thing that was like, nope, that's a hard no in my family. They will never do this. So it just, I mean, we didn't come up with a single thing the entire podcast. We, we had a lot of great content, but we didn't have a single answer for anybody. <laughs> And it, it just validated me because I have such a picky eater and she, she gives me a thumb scale with every <laughs> meal. She starts out with a medium thumb and she'll take a bite and it might go up a little bit and then a hard down. Like, no, nope, this is a, this is a no go. And so I get such a, a, yes, I get such a tough critique every night that I was like, good. I'm not the only one living this shit show. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's the thing. Caleb will tell me all the things that don't meet his expectations. So, oh, good stuff. So, David, do you have any final thoughts as we wrap up this 100th podcast? Um, no. Uh, you know. <laughs> See, yeah. I told everybody he's so profound. That's why he's yeah, yeah. one of our favorites. You're cracking me up, Anna. Well, first of all, Anna's the glue. Uh, whether she wants to be on you know, the microphone or not, she's the absolute glue. I don't know what your experience was in this realm prior to doing the podcast, but you were just um, grace under pressure with everything, dealing with every situation. Um, I don't know. Since you brought up the food, and you, you're absolutely right. I mean, there was a unifying bond in the fact that we couldn't figure out anything. I mean, we're trying to convince Morgan, you have to expand your range because, you know, we plan on going to visit my sister in Ireland and England and this kind of thing. And we're sitting there with all the rational argument and trying to be convincing. And she's going to eat French fries on the entire trip, just like she eats here. That's the only thing she's going to eat over there. Um, Honey, David, do you know that we had to practice eating at Burger King before we could go on our trip? Because my fear was, is what if McDonald's isn't available and we have to eat at a burger? We had to practice eating Burger King before our trip. We're practicing eating Burger King. But you're right. It all normalizes. Hopefully, if you yeah. eat, eat like McDonald's, maybe I'm sure in the UK they have McDonald's that are just like here. They Chevy do. Lee. I just said, I mean, to answer your previous It's actually question, slightly healthier. Like, <laughs> reinforce. If anybody, um, you know, has any hesitation about doing this, please. I mean, you know, my wife's one of them. She's a self uh, described introvert. None, though, I think you would agree, Holly. The one time she did contribute, she had a lot to offer. Everybody has something to offer whether you know it or not, it's not easy. It's not easy to step up and put yourself out there. I just think you'll be really surprised uh, once you do and the commonality and the, you know, just the bond in being able to share all these common experience. Cause everything we described, you know, today about our kids, quite frankly, so I think sounds insane to the outside world oh, to the people that don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'll share that, uh, the sibling thing. And I was so glad Michelle shared about, um, her daughter, because mine tried to jump out of a moving car last night. This is my neurotypical. 
And these are the residual effects and these are just, you know, some of the various things that we get to share. Yeah, no, that is so true. Debbie, do you have any final thoughts, especially considering this will be the last in person? Are you still going to be part of my podcast, even if you're part of Arizona? If you invite me, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, we will. I'm friends with you on Facebook, and I'm very good at stalking down uh. people on Facebook <laughs> when it is time for a podcast. I'm sure all of you have seen me pop up like, oh, your green light is on. That means you're available. <laughs> You know what's going to suck about this, Anna, is we've just told them our secret. Now they're going to unfriend us. So then they, they know how we are finding them. I'll just find a new way to find them. I'll find you. Okay. All right. Chevy. I think my thoughts have been, because um, we're moving to Arizona, because um, Carrie's actually been enrolled in a autism charter school. So she's actually going to be in a school for other kiddos with autism. Um, but I'm like, that's wonderful. But like, where's my Arizona Holly? Yeah. Like, I'm literally talking. I've joined a couple parent pages, and yeah. I'm like, Okay, so what's the pulse on mom's night? What's the pulse? Yeah. On, like, because you came yes. like the day after getting your diagnosis yes. to mom's night. It was like, hi, my child was just diagnosed. Oh, how yes. long ago? Like yesterday. Yeah. And you're like, oh boy, we have a lot of work to do. So, but you've always been our like go to person. Like, we've had issues with autism, and my husband's comment is always like, well, message Holly. Like, ask Holly. Like, she just, I know you don't like to be Holly with Isaac Foundation, but sometimes. Well, but you I feel like be. we're friends. I do. I mean, you did invite me over to your house yes. for dinner, and I was like, well, guess what, John? We got invited to somebody's house. So, all the horror story, and she listens to all of the podcasts, not just the ones that she's on. And she still invited us over for dinner. And I was so ready. I was like, okay, tell me exactly what what brand of food tell me what type of food yep. I will not be offended in any comment just tell me what to make I will yep. make it yes and she was so Johnny on the spot she was like yeah it was a fantastic experience so I will definitely miss this community a lot and I will try to stay as much as part of it as I absolutely can but you know what even virtually who knows maybe you're going to become the Chevy the Isaac Foundation Chevy of Arizona you yeah. don't know you can charter the Isaac Foundation, Arizona. Right? It looks like they need it. So. Gonna, apparently. <laughs> See, that just makes me feel like, oh, so we're actually, we have more on the stick than we've, we realize. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, people must think we're crazy because we're, you know, all over the place. Carly, how about you? Any final thoughts? I want to say thank you for starters, because you have all of you, this podcast, all the work you've done have been tremendously helpful. I'm the same way I go to you for everything. Or if I go to my parents, I go to my mom for everything first. And if it's ever autism related or anything with the boys, nine times out of 10, she goes, oh, text Holly. <laughs> well, Holly might know. Have you asked Holly yet? <laughs> so thank you. Oh, well, I'm always um, happy to help. Yeah, you put in a ton of work. And I would just echo a lot of what David has said, that if you're hesitant, um, I would encourage you to just like try joining because one, um, everyone here is literally the nicest set of parents I've ever met. And so you're going to feel welcome and loved and you're going to find a world that you can relate with because I, we, I don't have that outside of this. I have friends that are great with our kids, but again, they don't have kids with disabilities yeah. and so they don't understand the full picture. And so even if you come on and you say hi and you sit and listen the rest of the time, you're getting yourself involved with and meeting other parents that can be there with you on your journey. That is true. I appreciate that. Maria, what are your final thoughts? I guess what I would say is um, thank you for listening. Yes. Um, the educator in me is so happy that I get to help somebody. Yeah. And as hard as unfortunately our stories are, um, I feel like it is a privilege to be able to share them if it helps that somebody fill in the gaps of their program, 
learn how to handle situations maybe a little bit differently that we've learned along the way. Um, and I just appreciate everybody who's taken the time to listen to the stories because some of them are hard to tell. Um, and I'm sure they're hard to hear, but I am just so thankful for the opportunity to be able to help a realm of parents that, like we've said, it feels so isolated and don't know who to turn to. And the one thing about you, Maria, is that when these really horrible things happen, you take time to grieve or vent, you know, like calm down because you're in a place where you're either hurting or mad or scared. Um, you're all, you're always, you always put yourself out there and you share the story. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time because some things just take a little bit more time to get to the place where you're able to share. But that is really hard because, you know, because you're, you're so vulnerable because again, Facebook and Instagram, they're just very, they can but be. I think part of it is that autism thick skin. Like I legitimately do not care what other yeah. people think because I know how hard my kid is. Yeah. I know what it takes every single day to keep him safe. And you cannot let your guard down. We have alarms on his doors, locks on the windows. Like you cannot let your guard down. Which was so funny the day when you were at mom and they're like, you know, have you done this? Yeah. Have you done this? It's like, girl, I have done that and 17 right. other things that you probably have never even thought about. And so that was right. the thing too, where it's like, you know, you're not, this isn't your first rodeo. Um, yes. So. And I just appreciate everybody listening because these stories are very vulnerable. Yeah. But I'm also, like I said, an educator. So if I can help anybody, that's my greatest gift I could give. So, well, we appreciate you. What about you, Angela? Any final thoughts? Well, um, thank you for everything you guys do here at Isaac Foundation. Um, Pre-Isaac Foundation, um, I didn't have anybody. I mean, we, we started our first few years in autism world by ourselves nobody understanding anything oh. had to explain it to family and friends and it was just <sighs> stop it Angela no um it was really really hard and to be my son's advocate without anybody's support was so hard yeah. um but and I knew that like it was really hard on my daughter and when I heard of sibling spotlight I was like okay done I have something special for her and that was the first thing we did and then we did mom's night and I was like, from that first mom's night, I was just like, oh, these people get it. Like, I don't even have to explain anything to any of them. I just there and like, this is my life. It sucks sometimes. And everyone's like, yep, me too. And then we all drink to it. <laughs> but um, it was just that I didn't, I don't have to explain anything to you guys. I don't. And I think that's that in of itself like is the biggest uh, thing I take away from this group and this podcast and everything. It's just, I can be around people who just get it. Yeah. And so thank you. Well, I'm thank you for being part of my life. You guys are really truly are. I, I mean, you are my friends. I mean, yes, we're connected through the Isaac foundation, but I'm not lying when I say that you guys are all very important to me and I still don't know why my computer is making noises, but you know, um, but you guys really are. Your kids are important to me. You guys are important to me. So what about you, Michelle? Any final thoughts? I'm just sad. I didn't show up to the game sooner. You know, but you're here really now. Amazing. Yeah. It's nice to have people, you know, cause you know, it's, it's secluding being, you know, autism, parent, mom, dad, whatever, you know, we all have it. Yeah. So we're all in our different stages of it, but we all kind of understand. And I think it's best we can help each other. Yeah. And through podcasts, being in person, just 
be compassionate of each other. Yeah. I'm really excited for in-person podcasts because it's just the dynamic this changes because you can laugh and yeah. yeah, I love this. I appreciate it. You can hear the laughs as opposed to everybody is on mute. Yeah, because <laughs> whenever we edit, I'm like, I I remember being there and everybody was laughing and having a great time. And then you hear the audio and it's just this cold, like you make the funniest joke. And it's just like all my oh, damn funnies are like crickets. Yep. <laughs> just awful. Now. Oh, I don't know God. if you guys are aware of this, too, but Hannah jokes and she's like, you know, we're best friends. And I'm like, of course, we're best friends. And she's like, no, I mean, like, really, because I listen to you the most of anyone in my life because I listen <laughs> to the podcast, then I'm re-listening to it. And then, of course, she has to edit all of my training videos. And so she's like, I just feel like you're my best friend. <laughs> it's like, oh, I need to give her a raise because (laughs) poor thing but yeah there is definitely a lot to that and well anyway so you guys really are important to me and I've said this gosh I mean I've done a lot of interviews over the years and one of the most fulfilling things of all of this is that because of you guys it's healed my heart to be able to continue after my son passed away because I don't you know I I don't get that. So by having you guys in my life and all of your kids, it matters to me. It really does. So thank you. Oh, and David, you have a clothespin. You have a, is that because you have a reminder? Because sometimes people do that when they have. Uh, this is what I use to secure my chip bag when they're half full. So they don't pop off. <laughs> <laughs> That's the he had a clothespin on his finger on the camera, and I was like, "Oh, is that mean you have like it's a reminder that you wanted to tell me something?" So I was. No. It's white tonight. Okay. All right. Well, that goes back to mom's night. Yeah, that's true. The clothespin, that and it's white. That's why I thought it had something to do with a profound moment from David, because you know he has so many profound moments. Yeah. So, all right. Well, with that, I think this is might be our longest podcasted. Yeah. No, I I started with you, didn't I? I asked David. I asked your final thoughts to start with, didn't I? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm going to add one here. I just, it was, this crossed my mind as you guys were talking and the awareness of, you know, and for somebody who might be listening, this is the first time, but the awareness of like, what's going to happen if I take my kids out in public, if I take them to Walmart and I get that. The thing is, what could be more heartbreaking is the awareness of taking them to people that you're familiar with, like family, and they still don't get it, you know? And they like, and it's like, you know, you have they grown out of this yet? I mean, do, are they going to eat more food this time than last time? Have you taught them? Have you trained them? And it's like, no, it's still really the same kid. Um, and, you know, maybe someday you can get on board with this and maybe not. And I'm really sorry I brought this up now because I know we're wrapping up. That could be another oh, subject. But I just like, that's what stuck out in my head is like, at least the people at Walmart, they don't know my situation. So if they want to like kind of look around the corner, see what's wrong with that family, I get it. You don't know. Yeah. The ones that should get it and still don't. Still particularly heartbreaking. Anyway, I'm glad I could leave on such an uplifting note. <laughs> <laughs> oh, David. Hey, man. Hey, you know what? I'm glad you were. Yes. Well, and here's a fun fact, too, is so many of my new podcast topics come through recording a podcast and we hop onto a topic or somebody mentions something and it's like, oh my gosh, another really important podcast. And so she's made, I think, what, four or five different um, notations. See, this is what Anna does while she's listening to me having verbal vomit onto the microphone is that she makes notes of the, you know, that would make a great podcast. Um, but anyway, so Anna made notes. She added for today. And so, yeah. So when y'all get the message saying, hey, Holly needs you on a podcast, then David, rally up, my friend. 
And Chevy, you already feel this way because we've kind of, I don't know. Here's the thing. Sometimes I forget, are we podcasting or was I just talking to people? Because that was you, my first episode. I talked about that. The first yeah. one that I was on talking about my family, not kind of getting it and kind of being like, oh, she'll grow out of it. She's so young. That was when she was three. She's now six. So, And how do they feel about that? It's, it's a little bit of a like, oh, yeah. she's getting beyond toddlery age and she's still, you know, not, you know, she's a cousin that's literally six months older than her and he's developmentally, you know, years, you know, ahead yeah. of her. And I think they're now trying to, it's setting in a little bit more of like, oh, it's like more real <laughs> instead yeah. of like, it's like, yeah, she's still autistic, even though she's in all these services and all this stuff yeah. we're doing magically. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't just grow out of it. Imagine that we have a weird dichotomy in our family. Well, it's my ex-husband's family is that, um, my daughter and a cousin are really close together in age. And it's not something that they talk about that, you know, their child's diagnosis. And so Kelly has gotten confused because Kelly's te technically younger than her, but she's confused because developmentally when they're around each other, she's like, but she's the same age as me. And I'm like, yes. And she's like, well, does she have autism? I'm like, you know, what? I'm not really sure what they're taught, you know, how they're a what language they're using to address because it's just not anything that's ever talked about. And so that's really been hard because my daughter is like, but if it is autism, what's the big deal again? So there's all sorts of interesting family dynamics for sure. All right. Well, with that, I'm going to thank you all for listening to this episode of Isaac's Autism the Wild podcast. And if you've not taken anything away from this, I hope you will take this one little gem join us, be a part of our podcast. Um, everybody has an opinion and experience that is definitely worth sharing. We're also considering doing second recordings on some of our early topics because we are a hundred podcast topics in. And so I think there's a lot of topics that we were going through and that are worth podcasting again with a new group of parents to hear what those experiences look like, because we are a tribe. And I think we all agree that being together makes this journey wonderful and not, it's not that it's not hard, but it definitely enriches each of our lives. So anyway, with that, I will thank you all for joining us and see you next time. And that's it for now. If you want to be notified of our next podcast release, be sure to hit subscribe. And just remember, we're all in this together. So find your tribe and hold them tight.